Turn to the sermon text, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And I will read to you a verse that probably is familiar to you, whether or not you are a Christian yet. You have heard this out and about. You have heard it quoted along the way. The verse reads thusly. Train up a child in the way he should go. It includes she's. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Just one verse. That's our text. Let me give you a couple of technicalities about the theology of this verse. Just for the first part of it. I, wanna, I want you to see it more exactly like it reads in the original language. The word train is used advisedly. Notice it does not say teach your child. It says train your child. You train young children not unlike you train animals. Now, please, I'm not calling your kid an animal. That's up to you. (laughs) But I'm saying this. That when your kid is young, they do not have the full capacity for understanding and you should not wait for their full understanding before you demand obedience. Training children is not unlike training animals. It is a process of repetition, of reward and pain, to teach them what is good for their lives and to teach them what will help them achieve in their lives. And so therefore, they use this word very exactly. And let me tell you one more thing about the word. In the original Hebrew, the word is hanak. And, 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 and uh, we get the word, uh, or the Jews get the word Hanukkah from it. It means to dedicate. And so, this is not an educational alternative. This is a spiritual obligation. This is a way that you truly dedicate your children to the Lord. Now, let me go a little bit further in the sentence. It says, train up a child in the way he should go or she should go. Originally, again, the the language literally is is in the way that they are going or in the way that, uh, in in our language, it would be in the way that they are, uh, in the way of who they are. In, in the way of uh, how they're wired, in, in, in the way that's appropriate to them. You see, every kid is different. What we teach them is the same because what we teach them, the moral law of God and the holiness of God applies to everyone everywhere. This is a universal truth. But how we teach them has to apply to the individual life of the child because every kid is wired differently. Now, and again, in Hebrew, there's, there are two senses of this word. One is that every kid has a different personality. I told you last week, if you watch your kid long enough, you'll see uniqueness. You'll see patterns. You'll see buttons that are in that kid that aren't in everybody, you know? And so that's a very key part of parenting them. The word also, though, has a future sense to it. And it means in the way that they will be someday, in a way according to their calling, in a way according to their future station. You can predict by watching a kid kind of how they're going to be or what kind of gift. Let's just use the the term spiritual gift. What kind of spiritual gift they're going to have. You can watch it because God wires people in a certain direction. Now, for those of you who know the spiritual gifts, let me just use this analogy. Say you've got a kid and you're trying to teach him right from wrong. And you say, don't do that. That's wrong. 
And most, most kids will say, why is it wrong? And your first response will be, it's wrong because it says in here it's wrong. It's not right. It's wrong. I told you it's wrong. It's wrong. Now, if your kid is going to be wired to be a prophet, a prophet, <laughs> a prophet is somebody who sees black and white. And they want, to tell who's, they want to tell everybody what's right and what's wrong. I mean, that's their main concern. And they'll just stand right in your face. They don't care about your feelings. They don't care about education. None of that. Yeah, I want to tell you what's right and wrong. You ever know, Black and white people. You ever seen people like that? You have some of those in your life. They have this very highly developed sense of morality that is absolutely uh, imperative to them that they tell somebody right and wrong. Well, if you get a kid down here and you say, don't do that, that's wrong. Why? Because I said it's wrong. It's wrong in the Bible. It's wrong. It's not right. It's wrong. If they're a prophet, they'll go, okay, good enough. I'll go tell everybody, you know. I'll look for other people doing this thing, and I'll tell them it's wrong. That's all you got to go. That's all the further you got to go with a prophet. You, you, see, you see a kid. Some of you got kids who are real tender. Those kids are the ones that are come up and say, how are you? Oh, how are you? You know, and they got this. They just go, they'll, they'll cry with you. Man, they'll just go. See? You tell a kid, that's wrong. Well, why is it wrong? Well, it's just wrong. Well, yeah, but why is it wrong? You, you see a kid tender, you say, because you know what? If you do that, someday somebody is going to get hurt. Somebody you love. You tell them a story about Pharaoh. Remember Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 5? And, and he says, who is this God that I should obey him? And so he hardened his heart and he didn't obey God. He did the wrong thing. What happened to Pharaoh? Nothing. But what happened to the people who loved him? His son died. His soldiers who followed him died. And so you take a look at a kid who's wired like this say, you know what, if you do the wrong thing, it may not be you who suffers, but it may be the people you love who suffer. Oh, no. I don't want them to hurt. Bingo. It just made sense to them. So you see what I'm saying? Train up a child in the way he should go, in a way that he can make the connection. And when he is old, it will not depart from him, and he will not depart from it. Now, let me tell you two things that are very important. I cannot encourage you enough as parents. I cannot encourage you enough at this stage to absolutely demand obedience from your children. Now, listen, I'm not talking mean here. I'm not, I'm not talking abuse I'm not talking be, being control freaks. Being a, a parent in command is not the same thing as being anal retentive. It's not the same thing. What I'm talking about is absolutely demanding that your kids obey you. Now, let me give you the first reason. Because in order to feel secure, watch this, your kids must know that the one running their world is not only smarter than they are, but stronger than they are. Why? Because this world out here is scary. It's a scary place. I don't know if you can remember what it was like to be uh, six, seven, eight years old. You go to school, it's scary. People pick on you, it's scary. There's mean people out there. Now, what do you think a kid feels like if he is so smart or so strong that he is stronger than his parents? You know where that, where that puts him? That puts him right on the front lines of the scary world because his parents aren't even strong enough to outstrengthen him. How in the world are they going to protect him? 
You understand? Your kids need to know that you are stronger, than, than the one, that the one who loves them is not only smarter than they are, but is stronger than they are. It may frustrate their nature that they got from Adam and Eve, but ultimately it will make them feel more secure because they know very well they haven't got the equipment to be in charge of their own world. And when they are in charge of their own world, they're going to get mad that they're in charge of their own world. They test you for a reason. I'm telling you, I'm 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 just going to talk about strong-willed boys tonight. I was a strong-willed boy, and my mother, let me, I, I think I've already said to you, that, uh, or if I haven't, I realize there are a number of single parents in this, in this place tonight, and, I, and, and most of you are single mothers. Let me give a word of encouragement to you in case I haven't said this already. You can do this deal. You can do this deal. It's easier if you have two. Everybody knows that because you can tag team it. Anyway, who watches wrestling knows what that means, you know. You get tired, you tag your partner, they come in and fight a while. You say, I can't do this anymore. You've got to do it. And they come in and fight a while, you know. But I want to tell you, as a single parent, you can, I was raised by a single parent. And my mother weighed 90 pounds soaking wet. And she had more problems than you could shake a stick at. But let me tell you, I would have put her up against Saddam Hussein or whoever there was terrorizing the world, and she would have taken him down. She was that strong. So you can do this deal, even if you're a single parent. It's just going to be tougher. Now, let me tell you, What is important when it comes to raising a strong-willed child? It's important to do whatever you can do at this stage, if you can't outsmart them, to physically overcome them. Yes, I said physically overcome them. I used to have, you know, these these, these kids would, would be just, you know, and Beck would leave and say, okay, take care of the boys. Man, they'd look at me and want to know who's boss. Because, see, Becky, Becky's a tough gal. I mean, she's t- you don't get anything past Becky. So then they're going to test Dad out, you know. And we'd be out in the mall, and she'd say, I've got to go to this store. And there's three boys. And they start heading for the crystal store or something, you know. <laughs> and I'd bring them back. They'd head out. Bring them back. Head out. Smack them on the butt. And they'd turn around and look at me and say, is that all you got? Come on. <laughs> I mean, they were ready to take. And then I'd give them what I used to call the holy hug. I'd take their little arms and I'd just fold their little arms inside mine and I'd just hold them. You know what happens when you hold a strong-willed, rebellious kid until they can't move? They go absolutely ballistic. <laughs> and I'd just watch them go off. Man, they were screaming and crying and calling for help, kind of biting me. And I'd, I'd, go ahead. I love you too much. To let you do wrong or do harm, I'm not going to let you do that. And man, they'd finally come down to the point where they were so exhausted they couldn't go. And you know what happened after that? We were buddies again. 